Welcome back, everybody. I'm Welcome Matt. Back. I'm Jimmy. Sorry about that. We are two average guys. We have a special podcast. We didn't get to our live show this past week. Um, it's always was, a difficult week. Yeah. Labor Day. And I was sick anyway, so, you know, you guys didn't want to see my ugly mug. It's me being <laughs> sick. You can probably tell I'm still under the weather. But uh, we got Adam Carriker coming on the show here. We're going to give him a call in just a second. But... Uh, what we'd like to cover today, talk, we'll talk to Adam a little bit about week one. Um, of course, he's going to be stoked about the defense. Talk about Colorado since he's got some experience there, uh, and we'll discuss uh-huh. Colorado um, in week two and what we expect for uh, the Huskers this upcoming week going to Folsom Field. So uh, we'll go ahead and ring Adam now and, and ring him into the to the show. And um, Here we go. We'll go ahead and have, have a little nice uh, discussion with him on Nebraska football. See if he answers Jimmy's call. <laughs> he might not. Hey, how's it going? Hey, Adam, how you doing? I'm doing good. Uh, give me 90 seconds here. <laughs> All right, no worries. No worries. you a couple times last year and two years ago um, maybe yeah so uh I'd like to welcome you back to two average guys uh, yeah so i know you kicked off uh, after week one kicked off talking about uh how the huskers did week one and um so you know jimmy and i would love to talk to you about your thoughts on week one um i'm sure you got a lot to say about the black shirts and that defense so um we'll get you started what, what were your overall thoughts on that game on saturday yeah, I think um, I think the media folks, which I, I guess I'm now a part of, um, it's still hard for me to fathom that, uh, was really hyping this team up. But I was always like, you know, there's a lot of youth on offense, and we really haven't had uh, continued success on defense in a while. Uh, the only thing that obviously you to, things are going to get better. You can tell the attitude in the guys' eyes was different. Uh, the only thing that really was like, okay, we can get to that glitch for me was we had a much easier schedule. The easiest schedule we've had in about eight or nine years. That's another brutal schedule we've had in eight or nine years. But I think Saturday was like, okay, um, we got some work to do on offense. We got a lot of new linemen, three new guys, young guys, wide receivers, a lot of speed, a lot of talent, a lot of experience, a lot of unproven guys outside of J.D. Spillman, a running back. I mean, this thing's hanging over Maurice Washington's head. It's kind of hanging over the team's head a little bit. Not the question mark. You know, Dedrick Mills comes in, real good running back, was with Georgia Tech. I don't know if this offense fits him like a glove so much as it does for Mo Washington. I think they'd be a great one-two punch if we can keep him that way. 
so for me, it was kind of like Adrian Martinez, J.D. Spielman, and a whole lot of question marks on offense. Defensively, I've been saying we got a lot of guys back. I mean, we got seven guys on that defensive front that have started and or played a lot of ball. And then you got Mo Berry back in the middle, Will Hodes, the people have a lot of high expectations for that. Healthy, the secondary is experienced, Boodle, Lamar Jackson. So it was one of those things where I was saying, the right before season started, like the offense is going to take them a while. They really want to hear that. You know, Scott Frost is, you know, like the, the second coming of the mm-hmm. of offenses, apparently. And it's like, well, it's going to need some guys to develop. Uh, and then defensively, you know, five turnovers in the first game. Uh, the defense held them under to two yards per rush, 1.9. Now, South Alabama put together a couple of drives. They did some things, but um, I think this offense has a lot of talent. I think there's a lot of speed. I think they need some time to grow and develop. I think by mid-season, we could kind of be seeing out of this offense what folks were hoping in game one. And I think the black shirts are going to be much improved, and I think they're going to carry the team at least for a little bit. So... You were talking about the turnovers, Adam. Um, do you see this kind of as the new norm on defense, trying to be, you know, seek out turnovers? You know, obviously five is great. That's ideal. We haven't had a game like that in a long time. But, um, you know, seeking out turnovers but potentially giving up big plays or possibly third down conversions. Yeah, so, I mean, if you follow Shenander, uh, back to UCF, they they gave up some points uh, the season they went undefeated. They gave up some big plays, but what they also were they were top five in the entire country in turnovers, forcing turnovers. Mm-hmm. I think his philosophy is once Frost gets the offense rolling, we're going to score so many points that if we give up points, it's okay. The key, obviously, it's not okay, but you get my point. The key is to force turnovers to give our offense extra possession so they can keep scoring, but obviously if the opposing team doesn't have the ball, they can't score. So I think that's kind of Shenander's aggressive mentality that he has. Okay. Yeah. I, mean, I think it's showing a little better, I mean, so far this year than it did last year. Yeah, and my, my take on the Big Ten is you don't see a lot of teams scoring a ton of points. They're not big, uh, they're a time possession type uh, conference, but, um, you know, Question on the offense, Adam. So I was I was really frustrated on Saturday with the way things were going and watching the game and wondering, you know, is this going to be a normal thing moving forward where we underproduce um, and don't really do as good as we sh- should? But then I look at who's on the field. We didn't see uh, Woodyard out there. We didn't see Cade Warner. Jay's feeling I think only had one catch, uh, two catches. Um, we didn't see Mike Williams get the ball thrown to him. Noah had a couple pa- a couple targets towards him. I don't feel like we put our best product on the field, and I almost feel like we played with a limited playbook. Um, and we ran the ball up the middle a lot when it wasn't working, but when we went outside, it seemed to work really well. So I almost feel like we just didn't want to show a whole lot to not only Colorado, but maybe even the rest of the Big Ten in our first game. And we were okay with just kind of sneaking by with uh, an okay win in that game one. Um, what are your thoughts on that? I've heard a lot of the uh, limited playbook. I've heard that a lot. What's interesting to me, and I, and I know they didn't have the whole playbook last year, especially with the two freshmen, but i got to imagine we were at least running what we did last year. There were games, multiple games, where we put up 50-plus points. And all they got to do is turn on the UCF film to see a full Scott Frost playbook. I, I, I don't really buy into the limited playbook not showing things, okay. um, to be honest with you, because you, you can see things from a year ago. You can see things from UCF. 
here, you can go back to Oregon under when he was coaching Mariota. And so you can see what you want to see. Um, for me, I think it's almost like people still in denial that uh, Scott Frost in the offense, and I shouldn't say Scott Frost, he is, he is you know, an offensive guy, and he is coaching the offense, uh, but the offense is going to struggle for a little bit. Yeah. I think people just refuse to accept that, um, you know, because he's an offensive wizard, so to speak. Uh, but he's still got, he's got a lot of young guys, a lot of inexperienced guys. You know, Cam Jurgens never played, I can't even imagine playing your first game at center and your first college start as a mm-hmm. freshman. Uh, you got to snap the ball. I mean, so I, I coach a 90 team, and we, we dare to go out of the gun. And I'm going to tell you right now, I about regretted it the first okay. two weeks of practice. I'm a lost my ever-loving mind. And then we finally figured it out. And we don't run, obviously, we're going 90 team, but we don't run fancy plays. It's snap the ball, hand it off. It's snap the ball, give it to a receiver in motion. It's snap the ball, pass. And obviously, these kids are much older, much better, much more experienced. Mm-hmm. But the timing and the execution that it takes would surprise people. And so for me, I think that you got to give Camp Jurgens time. We got a couple new guys on the old line besides him as well. So for me, you know, I am a little perplexed that Kate Warner wasn't on the field. Mike Williams, I mean, physically, he's a guy that you would expect to play a lot. Yep. He kind of sort of just never really has. So I got to imagine they're playing the best players. Uh, so I'm a little, uh, I'm a little confused there myself, but I got to imagine they're playing the best players. I just, I don't really buy into the limited playbook thing. And I could be utterly and completely wrong about that thing. Yeah, oh, there's just something that I noticed, especially, you know, I, I hype up Mike Williams. I did it last year, too, with his blocking ability, him and Kate Warner blocking on the outside, and J.D. learned how to block really well last year for, for Morgan. And, um, you know, to not really see that in that first game, I was a little surprised. But then again, you know, you talk about the timing, and that's something that Jimmy and I talked about the other day, is you, you, we don't realize that we were never on the field to play football, especially at the college level, how much that can impact the timing. And so that's something that we were thinking maybe that had a lot to do with how Adrian was playing and how the rest of the offense really clicked or didn't click on certain plays. So, yeah, um, I would agree with that. Yeah. I think it's going to take, you know, as far as Cam with the snaps and things of that nature, I think it's going to take him a little bit to get there. In all fairness to him, it doesn't help that he's been hurt when he's bringing the ball as well. Yeah. Well, and it also doesn't help that we only had, like, five or six possessions in the second half, and I think we mm-hmm. had two, two of those were turnovers. There were two or three play drives. Yep. Um, I, I will say, though, Adrian seemed, and maybe it was just the timing, not being able to get into a rhythm with high snaps or, you know, getting what they wanted on first down and getting stuck in third and long, but he just didn't seem to be the same Adrian that he was last year, you know. He, uh, when he was rushed, he, you know, he kind of took a sack instead of, doing what Adrian normally would do and do a pretty good scramble away or throw the ball away at least. Yeah. So I don't know. I guess I just wanted to see what you thought about Adrian as a whole for the game. Yeah, he didn't look like the guy from last year at all. It was interesting. Um, I think it was maybe a couple weeks before the first game and uh, somebody had put out on social media a picture of Adrian last year at this time right before the first game in a picture this year, I think it was fan day or something like that, and they put with the caption, Husker Power. He was noticeably bigger. And when I say noticeably bigger, I don't mean noticeably bigger. I mean almost like surprisingly noticeably bigger. Huh. And my thought instantly was, does he still have the same speed? Because he doesn't just look, like, if you get a picture of last year and this year, it is, it is, there's a large difference, which is good, but does he still have the same speed? And that was my instant 
instantaneous question because that's a lot of difference to look in one year. And so for me, he didn't look like he had the same explosiveness. Um, and a couple people asked me if he was dinged up, if he's 100%. As far as I know, he is. Uh, I don't, you know, I haven't heard anything different, but I didn't ask either because mm-hmm. um, I hadn't been told anything. And so he didn't look to have the same explosiveness. And then mentally, he looked very hesitant. Um, he looked hesitant to run. And if you're hesitant to run and you take off and run, you know, maybe mentally you're not going as fast as you can do because uh, that will translate into what you're physically doing. And then he just looked indecisive at the times. Um, there was there was some times there was some open receiver uh, and he, he didn't see him. Um, you know, it's one of those things where I wonder, he's still a very young man. I think people forget that where all the, the hype and hype and all this stuff, you know, I wonder if that's got to him a little bit, if he's feeling the pressure. Um, you know, I did a show, I think I did it back during spring ball, when the first, you know, Heisman thing came out, and he was one of the top five preseason candidates, and I instantly thought of RG3. And mm-hmm. after his rookie year, he set the earth on fire. And then that second year, he started listening to the wrong people, all the pressure of the world, and, you know, we kind of know what happened there. And so for me, I did a show, and I said, because what I saw Robert do is I saw him all of a sudden listening to the wrong people. And I saw him ignoring the right people, which is he was ignoring the right people in the aspect he wasn't paying attention to the coaches anymore. He wasn't paying attention to the people inside the football building. He started listening to people outside. And I don't know what Adrian's doing. You know, but my advice to him on that day was don't pay attention to a single thing anybody outside of the football building says. I learned very early on. If it's negative, you obviously don't need to hear that. If it's positive, it might shock you. You don't need to hear that either because you're going to either get full of yourself, hot dog, or you're going to feel a lot of pressure, hot dog. So I don't know. It's all speculation when it comes to the mental aspect of it. Uh, I hope he just goes out and does what he does and lets his natural ability take over because he has the potential to be in New York because you can't be thinking about New York. Absolutely. And he had a really good game against Colorado last year until he got hurt. So, yep. Um, so let's flip back over to the defense. Um, I think there's been enough talk about the offense this week and maybe not enough talk about how well the defense played. Um, a couple things that stood out to me was the hit Lamar Jackson uh, had on the quarterback and then also the hit that Caleb Tanner had on the quarterback that ended up leading to uh, both uh, to a fumble and one to a touchdown recovery in the end zone. Um, you know, those types of plays we haven't seen – I haven't seen a hit like that on a Nebraska defense. I mean, I guess we saw it last year. Um, we saw a hit on a Michigan State quarterback. That was pretty awesome. But really, we haven't seen those types of hits where we're jarring the quarterback that bad where they're fumbling the ball in quite some time. So that was really exciting for me. Being a defensive guy yourself, how exciting were you, how exciting were you to see those types of big hits in the game that we haven't seen in quite some time? Oh, that's freaking awesome. Like, <laughs> so much of defense. I once had an old lineman tell me. He goes, I can train my Labrador retrievers, keep ball, this ball. And while I was a little bit simplistic, he wasn't entirely wrong. So much of defense is attitude and effort and how much you enjoy physical contact. And what I saw on Saturday was I saw a lot of attitude, and I mean that in a positive way. I saw a lot of emotion. I saw a lot of effort. And I saw guys who like physical contact. And that isn't quite what we've seen. Uh, the norm as of lately, and I think that, I mean, Sanander, he's got an aggressive edge, and he doesn't mind giving up a big play as long as he gets a big play, and he gets that turnover. And I think that's kind of rubbing off on the defense, and that's the mentality that they're playing with. I also, I mean, if you watch Mo Berry, the past year or two, he's really been the only guy 
I don't want to say that I've enjoyed watching. He's the guy I've enjoyed watching. Yeah. He has played with that same energy, passion, and emotion the past couple of years. And now you see a lot of the other guys playing with that. So you got to credit his leadership for that, too. 100%. Absolutely. Well, and I know you, uh, I believe I saw, I didn't get to, to listen to it yet, but you had a, a chat with Eric Lee. Um, correct, right? Yeah. Um, he's a very soft-spoken guy. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, he was the guy that if you watched him on Saturday, I was surprised because if you watched him on Saturday, he'd come across like a guy that would be soft-spoken. So um, he played with the same energy, passion, emotion, uh, on Saturday that everyone else was playing with. And I think that heavily contributed to what the Black Shirts were able to do. Yeah, I mean, that's awesome to see. I mean, a senior that gets a chance and makes the best of it. It was, it was really cool. Well, he did that last year, too. He had opportunities last year to get in some games. And when he did, he played well last year. Um, he took over for Lamar Jackson when Jackson was struggling at the beginning of the year. And he, he ended up having a, a pretty solid, you know, start to the season. And then Jackson turned things around. Um Last guy on defense that really, you know, I'm not surprised to see him play as well as he did was JoJo Doman. That guy just, he hunts the ball down, and no matter who has it, he's going to get him. Um, have you had any interaction with JoJo Doman in person or over the phone, and what are your overall thoughts of Doman? So I actually have not, because he came on last year, but towards the end of the year, people started to realize his versatility and the different things he's capable of. Um, so I actually have not, though. But what I've seen in interviews, and, and I don't really pay, I'll be honest with you, I don't pay much attention to what uh, coaches and players say uh, because they're, they're going to say the right things. They're going <laughs> right. to say what they're supposed to say, especially players. Like, coaches might give you a little bit, kind of, mm-hmm. uh, but they're going to rile up the fan base. And the players are going to try to rile up nobody. Uh, frankly, they probably don't want to be there talking, most of them. Um, so I don't pay a lot of attention. I, I more or less watch the body language, and I listen to the tone in their voice. Uh, but anyways, JoJo, he's kind of very soft-spoken as well. But what's different is he kind of reminds me of like a silent assassin type. Like I was watching him, and he might be very, might be more on the quiet side and a little bit more soft-spoken, but he kind of had that aura about him. Like as soon as the lights went on and the whistle blew, he was going to take your head off. He was going to rip your head off and wear it on Halloween. Uh, that's kind of the impression that he gave me with his body language and just kind of how he carried himself. One scary dude. <laughs> yeah, uh, well, and, you know, he was hurt entering fall camp, and yep. so it was really good to see him come in and make some plays. Yep. I was impressed. So, Jimmy, anything else from last week? You know, I think everything that I kind of thought about, we, we covered. So. All right, so the important thing, week two, we got Colorado at Folsom Field um, this upcoming weekend. Um Obviously, you know, a lot of people, some people call it a rivalry, some people don't, some people just straight up hate Colorado. You and I had a discussion last year before the Colorado game as well, but, um, you know, what are your thoughts on this upcoming week? I know Colorado's defense gave up quite a few points, there are quite a few big plays to Colorado State this last year, or this last week, but what are your thoughts coming into week two? Yeah, I, I think it is a rivalry. I think there's different, like, people either want to say it's a rivalry or not. Like, I think there's layers to rivalries. Uh, I think there's different types of rivalries. Like, I would not say that Oklahoma was the same type of rivalry as, say, Florida-Florida State. You know, Nebraska-Oklahoma versus Florida-Florida State. Like, Florida-Florida State, it's, it's like there's some hate there. Oh, yeah. There's some legit hate. Uh, Nebraska-Oklahoma back in the day was more out of respect. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's different levels to rivalry. There's different types of rivalry. So Nebraska-Colorado, uh, 
rivalry. It's more of a one-sided rivalry. I don't think it's completely one-sided. I think Bill McCartney did make it interesting. I think especially early in the 90s and the late 80s, Colorado was able to finally break the streak of Nebraska-Oklahoma. Nebraska-Oklahoma always won in the Big A's, and all of a sudden they popped in there, and they won a national title, and they went through Orange Bowl. And so I think McCartney, more so than him, if it wasn't for Bill McCartney, this would be a rivalry. He made a rivalry. You know, Red, I'd rather be standing in Red. Yep. He can't wear Red in the football building. He still says it in his speeches to this day. Colorado again and 
it's been a while since we've been at Folsom Field. And well, and there's a little revenge factor from last year. I mean, we should have won that game last year. I mean, yeah. I know you can say that, should, could, you know, could have, should have, would have, but we should have won that game last year. We yeah. had a couple drops. Uh, Martinez gets hurt. Um, you know, say what you want. But um, what do you see with uh, – and I, I apologize. I'm not sure what his name is, but – that receiver for Colorado. Oh, he's something pretty. He's something pretty special. I think Chenault is his last name. Is yeah. So we need to we need to figure out. You, you see us figuring him out on uh, you know with those defensive backs and linebackers. Yeah. So I, I think there's going to be. I mean, so Colorado's defense. So to kind of put a nutshell on both offense, I think Colorado's defense is very good. They gave up over 500 yards to offense. Colorado State almost 30 first downs, lost the time of possession. Like, Colorado State really outplayed Colorado. The reason they lost, Colorado forced four turnovers. Yeah. And CSU had four turnovers, and Colorado had none. That, that was the difference in the game. Much like our game, it was really the turnovers that the part returned for a touchdown that was the difference. You could argue, if you looked at the stat line, South Alabama outplayed us. So it's one of those things where I think Colorado's defense could be the perfect remedy for Nebraska's offense, the young, learning, growing offense. So I think we're going to be able to score a little bit, move the ball a little bit more, Whereas Colorado's offense presents much more uh, problems, many more problems than South Alabama's. I mean, Montez, the quarterback, the receiver, so they're going to put up some more points. I think we're going to be able to put up some more points just offensively. So I do think, I don't think it's going to be a high-scoring game just simply because the black shirts are playing better and our offense isn't phenomenal at this point. But I think there's going to be some more points. Um, and I think, I think it's going to be a close game. I think it's probably going to come down to the end. I think even if my prediction show is going to go up tomorrow, I think I even have it going into overtime. That's when it's like 34, 31, something like that. Okay. So I do think it's going to come down to the to the wire. I think that'd be pretty intense. I think that'd be that'd be a, a fun game to watch while every Husker fan you know holds their beer in their hand while trying not to you know choke on it and just go crazy because we know how Husker fans get intense when these <laughs> games come on and. Some are a little more intense than others. Well, and we were at that 09 game where Henry made the 57-yarder against yep. Colorado, and yep. that's you know one of my favorite. Not, not only not. Nebraska, or, you know, not only Nebraska versus Colorado memories, but Nebraska in general. In yeah. general, so. Um, all right, so you mentioned the you, you think 34-31 potentially in overtime. So we'll get you one more question here, and then you can ask us anything if you have any questions for us. But um, what's your Prediction. I don't know if I saw your your prediction for our record this year. Because my my prediction at the beginning of the year, I said eight and four would be great to flip the script. I think we could be nine and three. I think we could win ten games. But if I'm realistic, I'm thinking eight and four, nine and three is probably where we should land this year. You mentioned our schedule earlier as well. Did you have a prediction like that at the beginning of the year? So this is the only year I did not put out a prediction. I mean, I did one way back, way back, like, I think National Signing Day. Okay. Prediction. Uh, I did not do one. Normally, I do one the week leading into the first game, but instead I brought on, oh, man, his name escapes me. Yeah, check him out at Pick 6 um, Preview on oh, Twitter. Yeah. yeah, I saw that. He's had the, yeah, he's had the most accurate predictions for all mm-hmm. Power 5 schools over the past seven years. So uh, I, I had him do it instead. Uh, just as kind of a change of something a little bit different. Um, but when I did it around National Signing Day, it hasn't, my opinion it hasn't really changed a lot. I honestly thought probably eight and four. You look at last year, and you, I mean, you know, could have, should have, would have. Let's say we win that Colorado game. You know, that puts us at five and seven. And then 
I mean, I gotta imagine if, if Martinez is healthy, we beat Troy. Yeah. So that puts it to six and six. And so my thought was, and obviously could have should have would have didn't happen, you know, but there were some fluky things, the Akron game getting canceled, all that stuff. So let's say we, we were very realistically could have been six and six, and it was a brutal schedule. So just by the schedule alone being much easier, I was like, man, there's another win or two right there, so eight and four, and the team will be better. And so I safely was going to go eight and four, like you said, flipping the script. Uh, I think I went a little bit brave and said nine and three. Uh, so I think I officially said nine and three, but I was eight and four, nine and three in that area. The people who were talking about double digit wins and 11 and one, I was like, man, you're, you're, I don't know about that. I mean, 10, you know, 10 can happen. Yeah. You never know. Um, I just, some people were talking like 11 and one, and I'm like, yeah, you're fine. Yeah. Um, so anyway, yeah, I'm in that nine and three, eight and four range. Okay. I mean, I'm as excited as anybody else, but I mean, I'm realistic. I don't think yeah. eleven and one or probably even ten and two can happen. But. Yeah, I think you go from four to eight to eight and four. Like you call that a successful turnaround and, and look for brighter things to come the next couple of years because you made you made drastic improvements on your season. And, and then you got Martinez as a junior, Steelman as a senior. Yep. You know, looking in the third year frost. With a lot of really, you mentioned the youth on the team, Adam, and I, I was shocked again to see how much youth we still have on our team. And we had Trent Hickson on the line, who's actually from from the high school that uh, Jimmy and I went to here in Omaha, and so he's a walk on. He's starting, and I, I think we have uh, Sullivan came in, and Sullivan played well when he yeah, came he in defense. And I'm like, we, we, who the heck is Sullivan? We were talking and, about that. that um, then they actually had an article on him the other day, and so it's exciting to see some of the young guys come in with that. Um, and, and Nelson played a little bit too, and they're coming in with that, just that anger, and they want to go hit somebody, and they want to get the ball, and it's just it's fun to watch that and see the walk-ons and the young guys come in and play early. It's exciting for me. Yeah, no, I completely agree with you. I think if I remember correctly, I believe there's only two seniors even listed on the offensive side of the ball. Period. So uh, it's fun to see these guys get early playing time. At the same time, there's going to be a learning curve in there as well. Awesome. Well, uh, Jimmy, got anything else? I don't think so. I really appreciate the conversation. It was a little longer than I had even expected. So, well, Adam, you got anything for us before we let you go? Uh, let me see. All right, the $2 million question. Yeah. All right. Uh, are we going to win the Big Ten West and get to the Big Ten championship game? And do we get a big marquee win this year, like a top ten? Ooh. Top ten win at some point this year. Good question. So I'll go first. Um, I think we have a very good opportunity to win the Big Ten West. I think it's going to come down to us and Iowa. Um, that last game. Yep, I think it's going to come down to us and Iowa. I think that'd be really cool for one. Um, but I think that's going to be the opportunity that we have to get to, the, to win the Big Ten West between us and Iowa. I'm not Wisconsin is a lot of people are saying they're the best in the West, but I'm still not sold on them yet because. Their quarterback is just—he's not very good. I just—I'm not sold on them offensively yet. So, um, but we'll see. I, I think it's going to be between us and Iowa. I think that'd be pretty cool. And marquee win. I think our biggest opportunity—I just mentioned, you know, Wisconsin. But I don't think they're going to be a top ten. I think we're going to see Ohio State at home. Um, Justin Fields had a pretty decent first game. Um, but once again, I don't think they're playing a very good defense. So I think. Ohio State, I mentioned last year, that's going to be the last time that they beat us in quite some time, and I'm going to stick with it. I think we beat Ohio State at home this year. Okay. I would say um, you're feeling Iowa. Mm -hmm. After watching that first game, I am feeling 
a little bit nervous about Wisconsin. I think they <laughs> look pretty good. Jonathan Taylor is a stud. Um, and that O-line. I know you said you had questions about quarterback, but if you can run the ball effectively, you got a, a pretty good chance to win. They, they typically run they pretty good against you. So I feel like it comes down to us in Wisconsin, okay. and I do feel like we beat Wisconsin. So okay. There we'll you see. go. All right. Gotcha. All right, good stuff. We do appreciate you getting um, – Getting us in with, um, I'm sorry, what's his name? Uh, Jason, and, Jason and the Grace Foundation. Yeah, that that was a really fun event that we went to. Um, we talked to a lot awesome. of people, and it, it was a blast. Yeah, we had a good time. We were like little um, kids in candy stores. So. <laughs> Very true. I'm glad that worked out. You're yeah. a good guy. Yeah, well, good. Well, Adam, once again, thank you. And, and we'll get you on later again this season. Um, you know, hopefully things are going really well for us then, and we can bring you back on the show and talk a little bit more about how the offense has improved and how the defense has even better, and we see more black shirts out there. And oh, one last question: black shirts. What do you think about the alternate unis? So uh, I don't like. Okay, so I'll start with just alternate uniforms in general. I don't like alternate uniforms. Okay, a lot of people don't. Um, yeah. So to me, alternate uniforms, depending, it depends on who you are. If you're Oregon, that, that's how you kind of make your niche. That's what you're known for. Thank you. Literally just down the freaking street in Portland, so it fits them perfect. Maryland, for whatever reason, they like their NASCAR uniforms. I don't get it. Yeah. It's their thing. Sure. You know, so for me, I look at, and Ohio State's the only one I could really think of. But outside of Ohio State, I know Notre Dame's got the green jerseys, but they pull those out every once in a few years. Yeah. You know, they've done that for a while. I can't think of another school that has alternate uniforms that is a long-time major, well-known program. I had a hard time. I had spent a lot of time thinking about it, but I couldn't think of another one. To me, it comes across like, we're trying to fit in with the other cool kids in school. And if you're truly a cool kid in school, other people try to be like you. Yep. So for me, I wasn't, I'm not a fan of the alternate uniforms. Now, if you're going to do the alternate uniforms, I love the idea of them being black shirts or, uh, you know, kind of black shirt oriented, if you will. Now, I got the question, well, what about the offensive guys? Do they wear them too? I'm like, well, yeah, the uniform. They kind of have to wear it. <laughs> uh, I know it's for defense, but for the game, you're all going to look the same. Yeah. Um, so if you're going to do alternate uniform, I like the idea of the black shirts uh, being, being what it's based on. Well, and also the incentive, you know, if defense has a good game, then you wear the black shirts the next game. I think that's really cool. Yeah. Um, yeah, better have a good game. Yeah, <laughs> well, we know defense wins championships. So, um, yeah, so you know, I I think they're cool. Um, I'm, I'm a big fan of the color black in general, so I like wearing black. And so this is probably my favorite alternate uniform. But I thought I'd throw that in there real quick before we let you go. So um, once again, Adam, we appreciate it, um, and, and hope you enjoy the rest of your evening. And I know uh, we'll be seeing you on the tube here over the weekend, and your reactions to the Husker games after we beat Colorado. All right, sounds good. Thanks for having me. And, yeah, feel free to hit me up anytime. I enjoy coming on. All right, All right thanks, I really appreciate it. Have a good day. Okay, thanks, right. guys. Bye. 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 All right, guys, so that's, uh, you know, you guys know Adam Carrick really well. Um, you know, check out his... If you don't his, watch his videos, watch Carrick, them. Carrick Chronicles, he does every uh, Sunday night as a live show. Um, or he's, always, he's always posting videos oh, and yeah. stuff. He's, good. he's all over social media, too. So um, always a pleasure to have him on the show. Um, and, and hopefully he continues to come on, and like you said, he enjoys chatting with us, so we enjoy chatting with him too. Hopefully you guys enjoyed the show today. I know we're, we're broadcasting from a phone, two phones next to each other, so hopefully you guys hear it okay. Um, enjoy the podcast. Uh, we'll be back on Sunday. 
Uh, this next Sunday, we'll have Brandon Kenny on the show live. He's actually coming to see us and drink beer with us, and he's yeah. going to sign our helmet, and it's going to be pretty cool. I'm really excited to have Brandon on the show. Um, we met Brandon at the Nebraska Great Foundation That we just event, talked about with Adam. Um, this last year, so really excited to have him here. He's a really cool down-to-earth guy. Uh, we'll talk about, he's got a couple things going for him as far as his business. He's, I, he's saw something a, that, I saw something posted today about yeah, his business. They're, they're doing some apparel, so um, I think it's Fans of the Nation is what it's called. Um, I actually just bought a shirt today, so I'm hoping to have it for the show on Sunday as a surprise for him. You can still you can still do it, two to four days shipping. So, um, But definitely check it out. Um, we'll have him talk about that and, and what's the way he does as far as uh, his job. Um, hopefully you guys enjoy Brandon Kenny on the show on Sunday. He's a cool he's, man. He's sitting here drinking beer. Get excited. Up, so. um, appreciate you guys tuning in today. Um, we'll have this podcast ready to go for you. And uh, we'll, we'll be, we'll be live in video with Brandon, hopefully, Sunday. On Sunday. You guys enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for tuning in. I'm Matt. I'm Jimmy. We're Two Average Guys. We'll see you next week.